This great organization will now go live. There you go. We have a very long-term plan for this organization that will take us to the next level of combating anti-Semitism, but also promoting for everybody the universality of human rights, peace, and democracy. That's the sound from a media conference in August, where dignitaries in the Toronto area helped officially launch the new website for the Abraham Global Peace Initiative. The AGPI is a new human rights think tank founded by Avi Ben Lolo. And if Ben Lolo's name is familiar to you, it's partly because he's a prolific writer and commentator on anti-Semitism and Israel and Jewish issues. But maybe you've heard of him because until the summer of 2020, he spent two decades as head of the Friends of the Simon Wiesenthal Center for Holocaust Studies based in Toronto. His sudden departure from there surprised many in the community. But the terms of what happened and why he's not working there anymore are covered by a legal non-disclosure agreement, so he can't talk about it. Ben Lolo's hoping to put all that behind him now, and he's taking the fight against anti-Semitism in a new direction. He's got the support of many prominent Canadian leaders on his board, including Ed Sunshine and Paul Godfrey and retired Senator Jerry Grafstein, Holocaust survivor Max Eisen, and politicians like Bill Blair and Stockwell Day are also supporters, as are police chiefs and an author, Marina Nemat. This week, on Wednesday, October 6th, Ben Lolo plans to bring the Abraham Global Peace Initiative to New York, specifically to the United Nations, where he's launching the think tank on the international scene. And he's handing out an award in human rights to Canada's ambassador to the UN, Bob Ray. While Ben Lolo says existing Canadian Jewish groups do have a role to play, including his old employer, he feels these approaches aren't working, and that it's time to try a new method to tackle the scary state of the world, including the main things that keep him up at night, anti-Semitism, the demonization of Israel, and Iran. You know, we can, we can shut ourselves completely off and try to deal with anti-Semitism on our own, all 14 million of us, um, or we can expand our base, um, reach out and find partners. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Monday, October 4th, 2021. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. <music> Avi Ben Lolo has been really busy since he left his old job, whether it's condemning anti-Semitism on university campuses or hooliganism in European soccer or holding Zoom meetings with an UNRWA official in Jordan. And then there's a weekly newsletter and his weekly articles in the National Post and registrations open for his group's International Anti-Semitism Summit in November with some very high-level speakers. Coming up, Avi Ben Lolo will be here to explain how he's leveraging Canada's brand and his own to find human rights allies around the world. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Mary Clark in Kelowna, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. There's an update to the story we brought you a couple of weeks ago about that Canadian-Israeli effort to rescue Afghan women cyclists and others from the Taliban. As we told you then, Sylvan Adams teamed up with Israel to get a plane load of at-risk women out on September 6th. Now, a second group of 123 people has come out over the weekend. You can read more about this new group in a story that's on the CJN's website and find out why Adams says the Canadian government is not moving fast enough to take in its promised 40,000 refugees. 
In Halifax Sunday, the specially commissioned bronze statue of the late philanthropist Ruth Goldblum was installed outside the Canadian Museum of Immigration, a museum which she founded. Her relatives, Karen and Howard Conter, led the effort to raise the funds for the sculpture. It portrays Goldblum sitting on a bench with her suitcases and tap-dancing shoes outside the popular museum, as if ready to explain to visitors why they should see the museum and offer her advice. Avi Ben Lolo was quietly putting together his new Abraham Global Peace Initiative think tank this past summer. Then hostilities broke out in May between Israel and Hamas and led to the spike in anti-Semitism, which we've all seen. So although he went on social media with his views and he launched the website in August, now he's ready to make a bigger splash. And I spoke with him just before he was set to depart for New York. Thanks so much for being on the CJN Daily. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. And it's great to have you just as you're about to head to New York to have an event at the United Nations. So let's start with that. Can you walk us through what's that for and, you know, what's what's the program going to be? Yeah, well, the Abraham Global Peace Initiative is a Canadian organization that is really outward looking and it's 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 global in, in nature. And so, of course, the most fitting place for us. Uh, to start off is the United Nations. And even despite the fact that sometimes, you know, there's friction uh, there, it's exactly why we exist. It's in order to meet with, uh, with as many leaders as possible and start a conversation and hopefully uh, press for changes. Uh, we are actually going to be bestowing our first ever uh, human rights award on our own permanent uh, ambassador to the UN, uh, Ambassador Bob Ray. Uh, who has uh, done incredible things uh, for our country and internationally when it comes to human rights. So as a starting point, we're going to be doing that, meeting with him and his uh, colleagues at Canada's uh, mission, and then, of course, meeting with various ambassadors uh, along the way uh, throughout the day, and as well, uh, meeting with um, organizations like uh, UNRWA and uh, the Human Rights uh, Commission, uh, the senior executives there. Well, you bring up very important points that Jewish people, of course, and Canadian Jews uh, watch, which is, of course, the whole anti-Israel slant. Uh, Some people call it an obsession at the United Nations. So uh, what do you hope to accomplish in this type of body where, you know, other groups, other people have not succeeded before? Even Israel hasn't succeeded in, in changing that. Yeah, that's an excellent question. And I think we can accomplish a lot. We can move the needle a lot because our positioning as an organization is completely different than what's been done before. So um, firstly and foremost, uh, we're a Canadian organization and 100% Canadian. We all know that Canada has a great brand internationally. We're a trusted nation. We're seen as a, a nation that is a human rights, peacemaking, advocacy uh, type of uh, 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 country that, that promotes that. And countries trust us. And we, we've done that research. And in fact, when you think about, about it, you know, Companies like Canada Goose, for example, or Roots or others have utilized the the Canada brand very successfully. So why are we not utilizing the Canada brand um, to push forward policy internationally? Why are we shy about it as Canadians? Uh, Why should we even engage with these people when we know they don't want to hear this balanced view or even this pro-Israel view? Yeah, so I, I actually tend to disagree with that point of view, and it comes, um, it comes back to my own uh, experiences uh, historically. 
um, you know, sometimes in our community, we, we have a very, um, you know, a, a little bit of a closed-minded mentality, not wanting to engage uh, outwards and, and try to inspire uh, change. And my own um, history, working with um, uh, politicians, with uh, police, with, um, um, you know, governmental organizations is that, uh, and by the way, and I should add to that multi-faith groups, I have a lot of um, faith groups involved with my foundation um, and with me, you know, who are my friends. And, and so in every, almost every single situation where I've engaged in that way and put my foot forward and gone out and met with, with, with people who you would think, you know, would be far different. Um, it's always led to very, very productive uh, relations where we can make change. And, and that's the approach that I want to take in this, in this particular case. It's that, it's that we live in a, you know, in a global world, um, you know, we can, we can shut ourselves completely off and try to deal with anti-Semitism on our own, all 14 million of us, um, or we can expand our base um, reach out and find partners. Those partners, as an example, when you, you know, you said, well, well, I deal with, you know, when you look at the Abraham Accords, you know, um, we were inspired by, of course, the Abraham Accords, you know, think about the incredible success that we are now seeing, um, you know, in the Middle East and, and as a result of that internationally. And that is because of engagement. That is because people to people. And this is what we are doing, people to people. And despite the fact that we might be at odds with the United Nations. I've already had quite a number of interactions uh, with very high level uh, um, operators at the UN who are willing to engage, willing to talk, and possibly willing to, you know, um, to work on, on policy changes. So why not? And I don't think it's gonna be in five minutes. I, I wanna add to this. I don't think, you know, this is not a, you know, there's no magic to this. This is going to be a long, long runway, and that's our vision. It's, it's you know, five, ten years. You know, we can't make policy changes in two minutes, but we can start building, you know, very important relationships that will lead to those changes. Of the issues that are keeping you up at night, what are the top three? It's the fear, first of all, in the Jewish community, and secondly, the assaults against the Jewish community that were on our streets. And those same assaults were also in American streets and in European streets. And so, um, you know, uh, um, it, it was around the world. And so um, that keeps me up at night. What is our the future, first of all, of our community in, in, in this country, given what happened and given the silence around it? And so the next flare up, what will it be like? Because each flare up will be worse and worse and worse. So um, I'm, I'm very worried about the next decade um, when it comes to anti-Semitism. I think we are dealing with an urgent situation. We cannot fall asleep. And, and that's what, you know, I, I try to, you know, try to focus on, on every single day. Uh, that, that's one. Two is obviously the defamation of, of Israel, which is, um, you know, continues to be a uh, um, you know, source uh, of both anti-Semitism, but also, you know, people trying to, um, you know, uh, bring Israel to, to its knees. They're not going to succeed. Israel is very strong, but um, that is still, um, you know, very much uh, weighing on, on my mind. Of course, Iran keeps uh, me up at night, and this is a very dangerous uh, regime, as we all know. 
Um, they are trying to create a, a, an umbrella in the Middle East that is um, under their control. They already, in a way, have already created it, um, where you're, you're seeing Syria, now Lebanon, Yemen, um, obviously Gaza, um, you know, under the Iranian influence. And, and, and that is growing. And then, of course, um, you know, they are going to get the bomb. That's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. We're soon going to mark a very special milestone here at the CJN Daily podcast. It'll be our 100th episode at the end of October. So we've got a contest underway. You could be interviewed on the show, but you've got to write to me and tell me why you have a good story to tell. And we'll pick the winner from our contest entries. The contest closes October 24th. So email me. That's ebessner, E-B-E-S-S-N-E-R, at thecjn.ca. Or just find me on Facebook. And we'll end today's episode by letting you hear a little from the sculptor who created the bronze statue of the late Ruth Goldblum, the one that now sits outside the entrance to Halifax's Pier 21 Museum. Morgan MacDonald explains why he designed it the way he did. She would love to greet people that came to the museum. She'd always be at the, uh, the front entrance. And so the idea is uh, to have this at the front door in, in the museum. And, and uh, you know, as you can see, uh, you can sit down on the bench and uh, it's, it's created in the spirit that, uh, you know, visitors to the museum are gonna be able to sit down with the piece, get their photo taken. Um, you, know, you know, people could stand behind the bench with their family. And, uh, and so, like, as, as you can see, the suitcases here, uh, you know, they're making reference to the immigration aspect and, you know, the travel aspect of, uh, you know, uh, new arrivals coming from, you know, the vessels that are docked there. 